All right. Hey there, everybody. Good to be back. Scott, how are you doing today? Doing well. My favorite time of the week. So excited to talk about this one. This crew has been special to us from the beginning and was how I found Adam and how Adam and I connected. So a lot riding on this one. And I think it's a great conversation, especially heading into Memorial Day weekend here. Not that far off. It's about time to get to work around here. Yeah, the, tra- the traffic's about to get terrible for those of us that live in vacation destinations. <laughs> it's going to be the worst. <laughs> I just true. try to not leave my house. Adam, how are you doing? Yeah. Any sports updates? Yeah, What's I'm doing on? great. Definitely do not leave the house on the Outer Banks on a Saturday. That is for sure. The traffic is already <laughs> getting thick. Yes, yeah, sports updates for sure. So I've gotten at least one person that was not my wife that admitted that they liked the sports update. So I'm going to keep them going. Unfortunately, last weekend was rained out. So we missed two lacrosse games and a soccer game, but the drama continues with the soccer team. I'm trying to hold them together. I got guys that are trying to go up, guys that are going down. I think the team is on the brink of falling apart, but I'm doing my best to hold it together. We've got two more games. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I'll have an update as to whether or not I can continue coaching. But we do have a couple games this week. We got lacrosse tomorrow, and then we got a soccer game coming up on Sunday. So hopefully I'll have some updates about wins. But uh, let me dive into, I think, the tying the storyline together since that has been my role for the last few episodes. And I'm definitely agreeing with Scott's perspective that uh, Breezeway is a core component of what we do from an operations perspective, but also holds a close spot in my heart for a number of reasons. I was there for a few years with Jeremy and the team helping to sell the Breezeway product out into the industry. And that was one of the areas where I got to be a little bit ahead of the curve, similar to Point Central, where I got to be out in front of what I felt was a new technology that was coming out to the industry and having the ability to sell this concept to the industry, sell operations as a software, help the industry understand what the value of that is. And as Scott mentioned, that's one of the areas that I was able to connect with Scott and Travel Advantage was to bring Breezeway to them as an operation software, which we still use as a very core component. I'm interested to hear Jeremy's perspective on not only what they've got going today, because we have added a couple new Breezeway products over the last probably couple months, but also where that's going and what his vision is on the industry. But one of the underlying reasons that we wanted to time this episode where we goes back to Scott's point about heading into the summer. And we want to have the next few episodes where we start to focus on some operational needs and some operational components as we head into that busy season. So we'll be talking with Breezeway and then we'll get a couple other operations discussions following this one. But this one is really to bring tools together to help understand how we're thinking about approaching the summer. But then also to get Jeremy's perspective on the industry as a whole. Jeremy's been in the industry for a long time, so I'm curious to get some of his thoughts on where he sees the industry today, how it's changing, what the future looks like. So this should be a pretty interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. And as you alluded, Adam, we've got Jeremy here with us today. So Jeremy, going to go your direction with two questions. We have, we'd obviously would love to get your background and industry and update people who don't know you. But we also have a very important question that we like to lead off with, which is, which what is a song that describes you? Oh, wow. <clears throat> song that describes me. I'm a big music fan, so this answer, Ask Me Tomorrow, and I'm going to give you a different answer. But today, I'll say, I want to get better by the bleachers. Nice. Going nice. deep. Definitely not one that we've had. I'm sure you haven't, not yet. But a pretty great song. I'll get you fired up. I'll get you in the mood to get some work done. So I encourage your listeners to give it a try. All right. Well, it's there's a Spotify playlist. Spotify list. 
Yeah, that, exactly. That, There's that Spotify. Spotify, list. Spotify is going <laughs> to call one day and be like, "What in the hell are you doing?" <laughs> There's no commonality at all between them, but that's good. That's good. One. Thank you for sharing that, Jeremy. We appreciate it. So, again, for those folks that maybe don't know you or the industry, I guess maybe they're new or they've been under a rock. But if you don't mind, would you give a maybe just brief overview of like how the industry has evolved, your role in it today, and ultimately, we're interested to see where you think it's going and where Breezeway is going to go. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Jeremy Gaum, the founder and CEO of Breezeway. We're a property operations software platform. Uh, help people be great at what they do, taking care of the property, managing the guest experience, delivering asset management to owners, all of the nasty little bits that it takes to do that very well. Prior to that, I'd started a company called Flipkey, which was a marketplace in the vacation rental space. So I've been in the industry since 2006, which these days, I think it's a great thing for everybody. You see so many new faces and I think short-term vacation rentals, it's skewing younger and younger with the operators. So it makes me a dinosaur in the industry, but I've been doing this for quite some time and it's just an awesome dynamic piece of the travel space that is always changing and full of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. What, so during that time frame, like you said, 06 to today, and you've done different things, right? Flipkey is essentially an OTA and I know it was purchased by TripAdvisor. And then we have Breezeway. These seem, things don't seem necessarily correlated. What made you want to go down the path of Breezeway? Why didn't you do another OTA or do something on that side? It seems like a very different challenge in some respect. Very different challenge. <clears throat> I think it's two sides of the same sort of problem. Key was really focused on the marketing, an OTA, a marketplace for professional managers and really good hosts and operators to find more guests and like leaning into guest reviews and really trying to say, let's have the best operators showcased in one spot so that consumers can find them, travelers can find them, and they can book the property that they think is best for them based on some third-party reviews. And then I think the OTA space from when we started Flipkey, between HomeAway going through a few cycles and landing with Verbo and Airbnb, just riding a rocket ship of really great work that they've done. Controversial in the space, I know, but has done a lot to bring awareness to vacation rentals. Like the OTA space is like super competitive. I wouldn't say it's closed. I think there's a lot of interesting opportunities for smaller marketing channels, bespoke niche, put an adjective in front of it, but like really good marketing channels to help drive quality inventory and provide a great shopping experience for consumers. Tons of opportunity there, but on a huge like global scale, you know, the OTA game is a tough one to play. So that's one reason why I didn't do it again. But probably more importantly, as I talked with operators and a lot of these property managers who became my friends and people in the industry like Adam, I just thought that the work is going to get so much harder. Like service expectations are going to increase. Guests are going to expect you to do more. Property management in general is a, it can be a thin margin business. You can't afford to fool around. And while I was at Flipkey, we'd done a lot of property management software integrations. I was really familiar how complicated the business is. And I think that complication deserves an operations point solution, just like you'd have in a hotel. 
My my sense of it, and this is my external knowledge that's passed secondhand through my clients, so I may be a little bit off on this, but it seemed like when you started, you didn't have any competition in the sense of like other software companies. Is that a fair assessment, do you think, when you got going? Was your competition basically like a pen and paper and a spreadsheet, or was there other companies you thought that were even on on this idea, basically? I think that's probably fair because when I went to the PMS company and I started talking to them about it, they were like, there was a look of confusion because they were like, wait a second, isn't this what we do? And I was like, it is what you do. I think people are going to want some choice to think about other ways to do it or maybe some more powerful ways to do it or some deeper functionality and just a different approach to it. But that's right. I think it's, it was the PMS versus... It was either you were going to do it in the PMS or you were going to use pen and paper. Maybe you'd outsource an inspection product. And I think that was one of the things that we did differently from the beginning was thinking about holistically all of the things that you have to do in the back office and trying to tie them together. Scott, I feel like this is where you often have a lot of nuanced takes on like the best way of approaching it. What, what do you think about that? Is it is the software just having everything in one place? Is that the way to do it? Is there a modular component where, oh, it'd be better if this was in different systems? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's perfect question, Conrad, and it's spot on, right? I track with Jeremy exactly because, so we were, I don't think it matters. We were an Oracle customer, right? But what we had done is taken several different components to Oracle and then made them what we needed them to be. They didn't have a short-term rental system. We basically took this thing and built it and rebuilt it and re-implemented it and did all this stuff. And was it, was it there at the core? Maybe. Hey, Scott, but the Scott reality... one, one quick point there. What was the cost of Oracle in order to get oh, semi-close? Yeah, yeah, through the roof. Adam's asking a question that he knows the answer to, right? Because <laughs> he was involved in this. But yeah, you look at it and you go, this big monster, the greatest technology, and you look at it and go, we were trying to make it work for us. And when I first, when Adam moved over, we first started talking about it and I zoned in on, on, on a point that Jeremy made and it's someone in the space doing that thing, right? Mm-hmm. And essentially, instead of being a module or this, we've got the core of a dispatch system and then you can adapt it. My, my love and attraction to it was, this was our business, this was our space. And one of the things that I looked at Conrad was, re- Jeremy, I bought into what they were building. Certainly Adam was helpful with that. We had a huge cost problem with Oracle. But one of the first things we looked at is said, is we're going to adapt our business to Breezeway. Instead of us coming in and say, oh, we do it this way. And, and Conrad, you've worked with so many different markets. Everyone says, my market's a little bit different than that one. And we looked at it and said, we believe in what Jeremy and the team have built. And we believe that they're going to do it better than anyone else in the space because that's what they do. So that's how we fold it in. And the funny, not funny part is that's the first time we took that approach with a software implementation. Every other software implementation we've said, yeah, at the core it's great, but then we need to add this, we need to add that. With Breezeway was our first cut at, nope, we're taking it off the shelf and adapting it. And did we take a few cutbacks? Maybe. But then we started accelerating into improvements because we just kept riding all the improvements. As Jeremy and team learned, they would ask us for feedback. They would ask everyone else. And then the next iteration would come and the next enhancements. And I will tell you, if you walked out either to Hilton Head to see Bill Hill, who we've had on here, or Chantel, who's going to come on here soon this summer, and you ask the single best thing we've done in the last 10 years, 
it, it's not even it's not even close. Every one of them says Breezeway every single time. And listen, Amazing. Jeremy doesn't send me a single dollar. I send him <laughs> dollars. But it's a this is a legitimate thing, right? This is something we looked at and said we believe in it. We believe it in where it's going, right? To maybe Jeremy's credit with his thinking and then us grabbing onto it. We've since adopted that with every implementation that we've done. We got a survey system and we said, we're going to a survey system and we're going to do it the way that they, and one of the last points that I'll close on is that one of the best days was Chantel literally comes running my office and said, Breezeway and Point Central are integrating, right? And then you look and go, now all of the components really start to come together. So it's just been this ride that I was glad to get in on the front of, glad to buy into and then move forward. But before... Before we go anywhere else, I want to jump back to where Jeremy was because he said something that we've been talking about, and I feel like the delineation keeps coming from everyone we talk to. Jeremy said professional vacation rental managers, which we keep saying that's the core, and he said they're really good hosts. And Jeremy, one of the things we've been talking a lot about on here is the differentiators in this marketplace. You talked about the 2006 dinosaur. I feel a little bit better because I'm a 2013 dinosaur. (laughs) But we've been talking a lot about this culture war, right? And in that, Jeremy, is you got the OTAs, you've got the big brand who we never mentioned by name. But the other aspect of it is you've got the super hosts, if you will, that have come into this with the wind at their back since 2019. And they're not looking at business the same way we are, Jeremy. They're not looking at it to say all operations is a real grind. So there's going to be this moment where I think Breezeway and a lot of things you guys are working on is the difference as we lean into times getting a little bit harder, right? And maybe some wind in our face. So what's your sense of that side of the market from your perspective is how are you driving that difference to do, you know, to put a bigger gap between the good actors? And And let me layer in just one more point there, Jeremy, around something that you mentioned, because there was two things that jumped out to me along similar lines. And you mentioned that when you started Breezeway, you were talking to managers and you felt like things were going to get harder. And that was before the COVID boom. That was before the economic pressures that we're feeling today. So if it was going to get harder six, eight years ago when you were starting Breezeway, and we're now getting into some place where it could get even harder, and you mentioned how thin the margins are with all of the work that we do, to get back to Scott's points, how are how does Breezeway help professional managers differentiate? But bigger picture, what's your view of this industry right now? What happened over the last few years? And then what's the direction that we're going? And then where does Breezeway fit back into that? Yeah, this is this is loaded questions. I love it. <laughs> I think it ties a little bit to Conrad's first question too about the OTAs and why not like another OTA? Like the OTAs are powerful and a travel advantage network and big operate some larger operators can they can build that scale, but we know that this market is dominated by small typically dominated by smaller players. And it's hard to build that direct booking presence. It's hard to wean yourself completely off the OTAs. They're an asset to you to help grow your business. And I think it's hard to differentiate, even if you can, I think it's really can be a real challenge when you're talking to an owner to differentiate your business on your marketing tactics to that owner. But I think, and so that's one thing, <clears throat> excuse me. And then talking to a lot of property managers, they would always tell me, I got something stuck in my throat, sorry. The, and Adam, you remember this from Breezeway sales calls and things like that. Property managers, they typically don't lose owners by our dip in revenue. And I don't think a lot of property managers this year in 2023 
are as things might get a little harder compared to the COVID years, like people are expecting revenue might be a little down. I don't think they're sitting there saying like all of our owners are going to leave because revenue is going to go down. The owners leave when they don't feel like you're giving when asset management and attention and they just don't feel like you care about them. And so I just felt that when I said things were going to get harder, I felt like owners also have a misconception about the amount of work that you do. They don't know. It's so easy to list your home on an OTA by yourself. It can be this false sense that anybody can do this and it's easy and I don't need a professional manager. I'm going to go out and self-manage this on my own. And you can do it successfully if you are willing to put in a lot of work to do it and to do it right. And most people aren't willing to put in that level of work. And I think the level of work has gotten harder to differentiate yourself in that brand. That's what I mean by it's getting harder. And then it's getting harder to prove that to the owners and to the guests, to satisfy the guests, but to prove it to the owners. So I just felt like service is what could make professional managers special, not necessarily the marketing so important, but it used to be you'd go to these conferences and everybody would talk about marketing. No one would talk about operations. No one would talk about service. It was all because it was a dogfight with, we used to call them RBOs before we called them hosts. It was a dogfight with RBOs to differentiate yourself. And I don't think that's going to change. I think, I guess now maybe to Scott's question, I don't know if that answers yours, Adam, but to Scott's question about how are we helping or how do we see the future of that? I think you're right. I think it's going to get harder and harder to be a self-managing host and owner on your own. It's easy to get up there, but to be really successful, it's becoming a, I actually think, although it's easier and OTAs are a little bit more powerful, it's a completely different ballgame than 2005, six, when you could be on VRBO so people could email you, you could tell them to send you a check. You just had to be there. And it was like the fact that you were on the marketplace was better than being in the catalog or on Craigslist and you were findable and not too hard. I think it's a lot harder now, but there's a lot of people who are willing to do it. There's a lot of small operators who are willing to do it, but they've got to professionalize. So I think what will end up happening is the tools will help set a standard that will raise up even the really small operators who are professionalizing and the bad ones are just going to keep dropping out of the bottom or they're going to give up and they're going to be like, I got to use a, I got to go use a manager because I just can't keep up. But there's some data out there. I'll see if I can hunt it down and put it in the show notes. But basically, I've seen this chart before. It might have been key data or it might have been AirDNA who put this out. And they show the churn of listings on Airbnb. And it was way more than I thought. I think when I saw the stat not too long ago, it was like 50% of all listings on Airbnb. So that's like, what, 3 million plus is, is happened since 2020. And it's because yeah. so many listings have churned out because like you said, they haven't been able to withstand the operational headache. I'm sure. I'm sure at first it was great, right? Oh, making money. This is easy. And then they have their first problem guest or they have their three first problem guests and maybe the problems get more severe or they deal with other problem, other issues and it gets a little more challenging. But you may not consume this kind of content. You're probably wise to not do so, Jeremy. But there's people on TikTok who claim that this whole business can be automated. I don't know if you knew that, but you can just automate everything, the cleaning, the marketing, everything. And they're sitting on a beach drinking Mai Tais and it's just fat checks rolling in their bank account. There are people who believe that who have gotten in the space in the past 24 months to Adam's point from a few minutes ago. So 
I don't know really how you push against that other than to, okay, you'll see. That was when I see it. That's how I feel about it is, okay, you'll see. Like I've had enough conversations to know the truth about how hard this stuff is. In my head, whenever I see those people, it's always like, all right, talk to me in five years. Okay, let's see what happens in two years. Let's see what the reality is. So Jeremy, do yeah. you, to, to that point, and I don't disagree, this industry is built off of long tail for sure. At least over the last few years, it's built off of long tail. I think professional managers are still the core. They're still the standard. That's still the aspiration for everybody who gets in is, hey, let me professionalize this. I think to your point, yes, the bad ones are going to drop out naturally. Just that's what happens with bad operators. But are you finding quality long tail that is using the OTAs as their PMS and marketing engine, but then layering in operations. So they see the value of operations, but they're still trying to cheat the system and use whatever OTAs they can. Yeah, I I do. And I think it's a little bit different. I think that dynamic you just described is different than 10 years ago. I think 10 years ago, that is not what you saw. I think 10 years ago, what you saw was that like, self-managing rent by owner who wants to do it direct and is barely paying attention to it. They are answering emails, they're taking bookings, but they're barely paying attention. And the quality of that experience when you show up is a real crapshoot. Some could be really good. They've got a beautiful house, but maybe their cleaner did a great job. Maybe they didn't. It really roll, it's really rolling the dice. And I think 10, 12 years ago, that kind of was more the norm. And I think you're just seeing that group is, I actually think they are, there are so many that are leaning in. Now, maybe they've got to do it, but maybe at Conrad's point, maybe some of it is just now they're forced to. Like Mm -hmm. there's plenty of these like rental rentalpreneurs who bought properties. Now they got it. They probably can't get rid of it. (laughs) And they're like, whoa, I got to, I don't have any choice. I've got to, I got to run this thing now and I need to figure out how to run it. Some probably are doing that. And they're really satisfying, satisfied doing it. I'm sure some are, are less satisfied, but no, we think that there are, we see it in the data. We see that there are a number of people who they basically use the OTAs as their marketing. So- it's basically their PMS. Mm-hmm. It's basically their marketing software. It's their reservation management software. And then they are becoming keenly aware that to do it well and to get it, if you do that, right, if that's your strategy, you live and die by those reviews on the OTA because that's all you've got. And so you quickly figure out, like, if you are actually going to do that, then your reviews matter so much and you better get on top of your brand standard. You better make sure that everything is right and you better think about how you're going to, how you're going to do that efficiently. So you're finding, and I think you've already answered this, but it's just interesting to to play it all the way out. 10 years ago, first thing you did when you were that rental manager that was getting started, is you get a website and maybe even get a marketing company to help you you get out there and get pay-per-click or SEO or whatever it is that you're doing. Now people are turning to that OTA. Are you finding that operations is that first software that they're grabbing? I don't think it's the first. I think it's still pretty new. To be honest with you, I think it's a newer trend, but I think it's getting on their radar in ways that it never was before. And for that matter, it's not just all about operations. I think you're seeing, I know, you're seeing lots of those individual one and two, they've got one home, they've got two homes, buying PMS, buying property management software in ways that like someone like Escapia could have only dreamed would have been the case 
15 years ago. Yeah. Like Napier felt like that's what would have happened 15 years ago. And the fact was those people were not buying property management software 15 years ago. They were not interested. And I think if you take that little soundbite, I'm sorry, Bill Furlong and everybody else who are great people. And I think they were just ahead of their time. And those people were not interested in professionalizing. They weren't. But I think there's a different story. There's a different story today. It's funny. I was, Jeremy, as you were talking, I was reminded we acquired a company down in Myrtle Beach. Man, I, I'd say it was eight years ago. And essentially, very much like this pen and paper. That's how he did his reservations, everything. VRBO was his primary driver. And his review plan was if you get too many bad reviews, you kill that listing and stand up a new one. <laughs> like, like that was his entire, and I remember one of the first times because he started taking big hits from his owners and he, we were starting to talk and he, we go out to look at some properties. This guy couldn't put, drive me to all of his properties. I think it's in this building. I think it's in this building. But again, it was just this running thing and he would win some and lose some. And he would legitimately, if he got too many bad reviews in a row, he'd kill that listing and pop it up as a new one. That was his entire <laughs> marketing plan. That's unbelievable. And somebody, maybe Trent Blizzard or somebody back then was trying, was actually telling him that was a good idea. <laughs> the industry was saying is like, this is what you do. You get too many bad reviews, uh, just kill it. I love that you uh, just called out Trent Blizzard. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's a throwback to when marketing was like the only thing that people talked about at the shows. So times have changed. Yeah. It's a hundred percent. That 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 does remind me really quick, Scott, on the first time I ever saw a tape chart. And this actually predates my entry into the vacation rental industry, but it's it's my father-in-law's friend who ran a little kind of simple, basic beachside motel up here. It sold a little while ago. It's getting, I think, rebuilt into something better. But he got a phone call. He is, oh yeah, oh, Norco. Yep, May 1st to whatever, May 9th, got it. Literally rips out a piece of masking tape. I don't joke. Takes it in his teeth, rips it off and writes Norco on it and then puts it on an actual calendar for the room. And then literally, and I was like, oh God, that's where a tape chart is. I finally like connected with me that it literally used to be like a tape chart that was sitting on a wall somewhere. Yep. And then you'd walk in the day of and you go, oh, Adam, yep, I got you right here. No problem. And then you would take your cash, not even a card to stay in that little beachside motel. So that's very different. We had something in the outline though, Jeremy, I wanted to go back on. You said it a second ago. So these professional hosts, I've always bucketed people into three buckets. So I have a single property host, a multi-property host, and a property manager. I feel like there's the most common buckets that I use. And a single property host can be very professional or not very professional. It depends on how they approach it. But how do you define hospitality? It's something that we've said a few times and we've, it's been a recurring theme on this show. And as a secondary piece of that, do you think the hospitality is has to be towards the owner, towards the guest? Is it equal or is there one person that's right in that relationship? So if you're the property manager, do you have to give the most love and care and attention to the owner because you have to keep that relationship active or do you take care of the guests knowing that there's more guests coming down the line? So I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, super interesting. I think uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that I don't think most uh, property managers, can they think about a business relationship with the owner more so than a hospitality relationship. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but I think it's really interesting to think about a hospitality relationship with that owner and try to bring more of that. We think we do. I'm not speaking as like the overall you of the industry, but I think the industry thinks that they treat the owner as a, with a hospitality service because when the owner comes, they'll get prepared for the owner and they'll do the, they'll 
reserve the spot for them. And now there's some owner portals where they can block their time together. But I don't think all the way down we've internalized to treat that owner in a true hospitality perspective where they can have the same experience as a guest when they're coming into market. We just think of it a little differently. And I bet we'd be better served to be closer to the true guest experience for that owner so that they really live it and they can really feel it. So they feel like when they're in their house, they're on vacation, they're being pampered, they've got your attention, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's important. I think there's an opportunity there to do even more on the owner side. I think hospitality means hospitality. It means a certain level of service and attention, right? If you are a really good hospitality provider, it means I have a standard that I'm sticking to. I help my guests understand what that is and have an, have an expectation for a really good experience with me. And then I provide a level of service and attention where I fulfill that so that you feel like you're being taken care of, right? You feel like somebody cares for you and that you're staying with someone. I think that's part of like hospitality. There's like a, there's almost like a guardianship of it. You're, you are providing this stay and this experience and you're helping make sure that it's successful. That's what hospitality is. And I think it's a huge service component that comes along with it. And that's why I'm attracted. That's really what attracted me to this business is that we know folks of us who are really familiar with this industry, that you stay in a short-term rental or a vacation home because that home is such a big part of your experience. And the OTAs have really leaned into this over the last couple of years in their own advertising, right? Mm-hmm. You could see it. But like the home is so important to the experience and it's so unique and authentic and like you are totally attracted to it. But that means two things. When Adam shows up for his vacation, he's fallen in love with a specific home and that specific home has got to be ready at a specific time for a specific guest which is an operational challenge that is exponentially harder than if you are running a hotel. Adam hasn't fallen in love with room 113. He doesn't care. He just, he knows he's going to be at the hotel. So you have all this operational flexibility to get a room ready for Adam, but you don't have that in the vacation rental context. And on top of that, every one of those homes is unique. So to build that hospitality standard and deliver like a level of expectation where when Adam's getting ready for his trip, he's excited and he's not nervous about what the hell he's going to find when he gets there. That means you have to execute across a standard across all these unique, beautiful properties. It's brutal. It's tough. Yeah. And so the breezeway role in that scenario going forward is what? Like finish that sentence. So all those problems are there. Obviously, breezeway does a fantastic job of letting the operator manage the property more clearly and there's more communication, there's better tools, et cetera. But I guess maybe I'm curious, what's that next thing? What's the next layer that would make that process easier or more straightforward or what? Yeah, I think every bit of from when Adam is preparing for his trip to go until he's left. Every bit of that is part of the operational challenge of delivering a great hospitality experience. And I look at it as, as an operations platform. There's so much value to deliver to improve 
those hundred you know points, probably even more of interaction prep service that happens to enable that kind of an experience for Adam, right? There's a big body of work that has to be done before Adam gets there. There's things that have to happen during the stay. There's things that have to happen as you prepare, as Adam prepares to leave. And every single one of those can be optimized. They can't totally be automated away. You need physical people to get this stuff done. But technology can help you make it much, much more efficient from the way the work gets done and the way you communicate that service to the guest and the owner for that matter. We don't spend, I think Breezeway's got a great opportunity. We could lean heavier. We've always wanted to into that like owner experience. We'll get there eventually. For now, it's a nice demarcation when we're trying to do tons of stuff to say, all right, you know what? We'll help you set new rules for the owner or special workflows so that you can deliver a good experience to the owner, but we're not leaning fully into that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to dig into that just a little bit further, Jeremy, because I think that to your point, it is such a complex process. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this industry and then to the point of this conversation is how quickly it's evolving. So in the, I'm a dinosaur from 2008. So from 2008 until now, we've seen this evolve tremendously from online marketing to keyless access to operations software to the COVID boom, all of the changes that have happened. And as a result, the service changes, the expectations, all of those pieces are changing. And I do think that we're getting better with every iteration that we move forward with. Where, and when you think about the complexities that you just talked about from the beginning all the way through the end, all the way to that homeowner. And hopefully what this does is give you a chance to outline some of the, all of the benefits that Breezeway brings together. Because I, I think that this industry, when we talk about operation software, doesn't necessarily understand all of the pieces that Breezeway touches. And it's because there are a couple different products, but I also don't think that people truly understand the complexity of, I booked a property and there's pre-reservation, there's arrival, there's during the stay, there's post-reservation. There's a lot of steps that are involved there on both the guest and the homeowner side. And then I'm also curious about where you see Breezeway taking this to the next step. I saw that AI was released. You guys had some sort of AI uh, update that you added to the system. So if you could just touch on maybe the complexity of that process, and then what are the pieces that Breezeway touches throughout that complexity? And then just take that one step further as to what you guys are thinking about and developing for the future. Yeah, sure. I think property management is it's operationally complicated and it's boots on the ground. It's real tasks and real work that has to happen at the property to prepare and deliver that hospitality experience. And so at the beginning, <clears throat> one is scheduling. So like operation starts with scheduling the work and then making sure that it's done in a timely fashion. It's a all your listeners no, and or maybe they don't know the more properties you have like that complication gets really tough right adam doesn't go anywhere on saturday in the outer banks because so much work is being done between 10 a.m and 4 p.m in the outer banks while every house is turning over everybody's trying to leave and everybody's trying yeah to i'll just leave, give right? you numbers there's probably fifteen thousand turnovers that happen on a saturday across 100 miles it's absurd it's totally absurd and so it's this orchestrated dance of work that has to happen and it's got to happen in a certain and one it's not just one person it's not just one team even within a company right it's cleanings it's linens it's inspections it's light maintenance to try and fix something that went wrong and it's all got to be done because 
Conrad's got to be in that house. We can't put him in another one. And in fact, in a great destination, there are no other houses to put him in anyway. Not only do you want that one, but we don't have another one for you, <laughs> even if we could, right? Nobody does. And so, because it's finite supply. And so I think the first is like scheduling and coordinating that work. And that is a non-trivial part of the process of operations. At the same time, we ended up building out a lot of work for guest communication. I should say first, when you're scheduling and coordinating that work, part of that coordination is how your team communicates back and forth. Tons of clients that we worked with beforehand, they'd be using a WhatsApp channel or a group text. Messages are flying around. Nobody knows what anybody's talking about. What task or what home are you talking about? We connected that to the tasks so you can talk internally with your team about the work that's actually being done and a whole bunch of other stuff on the operation side. But then guest messaging is critical. And then the locks, we did lock integrations with Point Central, Kaba, and a few other folks. You need to coordinate, like, if I'm trying to get you in, I've got to get the tasks done. I've got to tell you that the property's ready. Then I've got to give you access to the property. I need to know that you made it in. And now you just keep working through that path and that guest journey. We've been collecting tons of information about tons of data about the property. And so we leveraged a lot of that to build a guidebook to say, great, we're going to be messaging you and telling you when the property is ready, engaging with you about service during your stay. We should send you a guidebook. We should send you a property guide so that you can understand what's going on. So you can get your access code. You can get your Wi-Fi. You get answers to simple questions. We can cut down on repeat questions and we can tie operations, messaging and property information all together as part of this experience. And I think IOT devices fall into that as well as others. Look, this is a special guest. I love that. This is amazing. Yeah. It's one of my favorite people. It's one of my favorite people who's here who just joined us. Yeah. We'll do a, maybe we'll do a special guest appearance here at the end of the episode, but I think that means we're probably running we got, tight Yeah, we time. got about five minutes, but Steve, stick around. You can yeah. hang out and close yeah. out with us or not. Oh, I feel bad. Now he left. For those listening, they weren't able to see that. Steve hopped in. He's on the show next week for, I think that's called a teaser in this That's business. right. So there you go. I love it. I love it. If you can get him back in here. Yeah. We like it real world. No. So Jeremy, I think you're 100% spot on. I appreciate the additions that you guys have been making. We are not only the operations software users, but we use the guest messaging, which is fantastic and automating text messages. It's clear that guests want to be text message. Right? They, they get a ton of emails. They don't want you to call them on check-in day, but they're more than happy to respond through text. And then we've added the guest guide, which has been a huge hit. So the other one that I teased there a little bit was that AI piece. What have you guys done on the AI side of things? Yeah, I just think we have this, we have a great, everybody's talking about chat GPT and AI and you might be on one spectrum or the other about whether or not it's going to destroy humanity. <laughs> but at the beginning, we have a really interesting structured profile about the property. We have all the structured data about the property. And now through the guidebook, we've got more structured data about your rules, about check-in and check-out and the reservation information. We're in a really unique position to leverage that to automatically answer questions that guests might have. And at the beginning, we're just doing suggested replies, but the system's been trained to look through all the property data, the guide data and your company standards, the guest reservation information, 
and then the question that the guest is asking to pull up a suggested reply and free up some of the time of the agent. So what's the Wi-Fi? How do I use the fireplace? Got a question about this shower. Can I get more towels? Can I get early check-in, late check-out? And then we added in a little personality, which is a lot of fun to play with. You can tell it that you can ask it to respond like a California surfer and it'll change its, it'll change its tune. You could put in your favorite political figure or singer and it'll grab. It's pretty amazing. The kind of personality you can add to it. I know we, we got to wrap up, but Jeremy, what, so what's next for Breezeway? What's next for operations? It's a great question. I think what's next for operations is tying it all a little closer together. I think getting even closer, we've done a lot with locks and lock integrations. I think getting even closer to those devices and pulling that into the operational workflow is going to be quite helpful to our clients. We're doing a ton in inventory management and supplies also through our partnership with Sojo, we're doing a ton through guest amenities. And then I think there's like internal standards. I don't want to give it all away here, Adam. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> give it all. <laughs> I think there's a lot before we get to before we get to owners, I think there's a lot we can do. I would love to. Your next guest is gonna have some great thoughts about this, but I think there's a lot that can be done in the industry about how you tie back the work that somebody actually did in the field to guest satisfaction from the stay and then provide some incentives to those folks. To re- It's so important to your brand to drive that and connect those two together. Guest reviews are great. They're so important. Internal metrics and like understanding the internal metrics of what's happening, I think is a really big opportunity. And in so much as like, we've done a lot of work on operations to help you coordinate your tasks. There's a ton we can do from business insight that we just haven't, we haven't quite gotten there yet, but stay tuned. It's coming. Nice. Steve, so Steve's making the cameo appearance here. Steve, we've been, it's been a funny ride here. So talking to Jeremy about Breezeway and everything we've done in this complete happenstance has fed directly into our conversation, the next conversation that we're having, right? We're about to talk, Jeremy, about unreasonable hospitality. We've all read the book and we had Steve coming on to to talk about that. I think we set up every part of what our next conversation is going to be perfectly in this conversation. Steve, I think, and Jeremy just hit on it, where Jeremy said, we're talking about what's the missing piece. And Jeremy said, how does he expand what we're doing on the guest side and pull it over to the owner side and show that owner hospitality and about two minutes later, you popped in, you missed that part of the conversation, but Steve is about loving on the owner. So Steve, as we wrap up with Jeremy, we'd love to hear a little bit of your feedback on that owner side as well. Well, I mean, I love everything Jeremy does. First of all, I mean, it's one of the most powerful softwares out there in the market. You know, Jeremy's a genius when it comes to all this stuff. And, uh, you know, something that, uh, Will said in his book was that, you know, hospitality is a job of everybody, right? And so like, as Jeremy's talking about like the internal metrics of how we run operations and be able to see how those things uh, benefit our hospitality as a whole, uh, the the foundational level is for service, right? So you have to have service excellence uh, married to hospitality and um, without the type of tools and, uh, and technology and metrics that like you guys are talking about, 
especially like with the, the, the logistical ability to create that incremental, uh, you know, uh, gains uh, each single time uh, with every single thing you do, you're just never going to get there. And so how, how do you, how do you compete without having, you know, the genius level uh, minds of people like Jeremy behind you, handing you the tools to, uh, to implement the hospitality, you know, without that service excellence, it just doesn't happen. So really grateful for Jeremy and his mind in our uh, industry as a whole. It's just, uh, he's a, he's a leader and, uh, and, a, and a thought leader and just a fantastic human being all the way around. The industry wouldn't be where it is without people like him. I appreciate that a lot. And it's, everybody knows the same is true for the same is true. Plus more for Steve, who has really changed who's really changed things and continues to do with this sort of perspective on hospitality. And I'll just add one thing, which is really interesting that we were talking about earlier, which is like, how does the professional property manager at whatever size continue to differentiate from the occasional owner or the accidental owner? And I think one of the things you just said, Steve, is super interesting, right? Hospitality is the job of everyone. And so that, that owner can if they're willing to, they can really lean in to try and make up for that and be that hospitality force and then try to drive that connection with their outsourced cleaner and whoever they have that's boots on the ground that is pseudo their representative while they're self-managing. But boy, it's really hard, right? Really hard. You got to be committed to that or else you will not meet that professional standard. And there are plenty that are and I think there are more that are trying to get there and professionalize, which is great, many more than 15 years ago, but that's what it will take. And that is what the, strikes me that really is the difference where like managers are thinking about that. Like, how do you, can I make this a job for everybody in the organization? Because otherwise we won't get there. We'll fall down. Yeah. I, I think we are going through a transition in our industry where I think a lot of uh, professional property managers saw themselves as a logistics company, like the logistics of making sure it's clean, making sure the toilet flushes, make sure there's, uh, you know, the, the light bulbs turn on. And, um, you know, that's really sort of just providing a soulless concrete box that happens to be close to something that people want to see. And we're going away from that as an industry and going into, we're not just logistics companies that provide space in time. We're providing hospitality. And we are responsible uh, for a baby's first uh, experience at the beach and possibly grandma's last experience at the beach. And that's a pretty heavy burden to bear. And we need to take it seriously as we go forward with this, because uh, those are what we are charged with within our industry. I think that's a really nice way to think about it, Steve. I think we have to think about it at that importance level. We have to think about it as that baby's first visit to the beach or that grandma's last visit to the beach, because that is how important the role is that we play. And we'll get into this on in the next episode with Unreasonable Hospitality. But that was one of the things that I really took away from it is that you've got to believe in it and you've got to be committed to that concept. You've got to be willing to develop those relationships with almost everyone you interact with while you're wearing the Casago shirt or whatever property management company you're with, you've got to let your guard down and be willing to create that relationship every time you interact with someone, whether it's a homeowner or a guest. And honestly, it probably extends to all of us inside the same walls or working with contractors. I think that as an industry, us as professional managers need to embrace hospitality pretty much at every level. And it comes down to that commitment to building the relationships. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's it's funny. What one of the things is the magic of hospitality is, and we were talking a little about this a little bit earlier, and we'll get into it. Something in the book Unreasonable Hospitality was the hand signals that they would use to signal who ordered what what water, right? And then as that person taking the order is still at the table, here comes the person delivering the water by person that they ordered. And there's this magic about it, right? And I think, Steve, to your point, that's what it's all about. And Jeremy, certainly what you guys do is the guests shouldn't know that we're back here killing ourselves to make all of this happen, right? It's about just this magic, right? It's about the baby's first time at the beach, right? It's about the last trip. And they don't want to see the logistics, right? They just want it to be there, right? And to be this magic experience. And I think... Jeremy, that is a lot of what I've seen you be able to do with Breezeway and certainly sounds like that's where you guys are headed is how do you take that magic into our business and just make it this amazing experience all the way through? Yeah, I think that uh, something that Will said in the book was excellence is the accumulation, accumulation of as many of the thousands of details as done perfectly as possible. And I think Breezeway is one of the tools that helps you create excellence of your service by looking at those thousands of details and making as many of them as perfect as possible. Yeah, that's the goal. That's, that is, <clears throat> we talk about that, that there's so many points of failure. There's just so many points of failure along the journey to make it so that it's happening in the background and it's a seamless experience for the guest. And many are reliant on individual people and multiple team members. And you have to try and do what you can to stack the deck in your favor, because otherwise you're just increasing anything that can reduce your odds. But what I love about that quote is it's, you're trying to make them all. Excellence is like everything that you can do on these thousand different points, right? It's almost like admitting that it's so difficult to do. You just have to strive and strive to do it. It's really incredible. Right on. I know roughly we're at your time here on your side of things, Jeremy, so we may have to put a bow on this one. Anything else, Adam and Scott, we should do before we let Jeremy go and get into the next episode with Steve? No, this one couldn't have worked out better because ultimately, again, I I think this is, I think we could just keep right on going into our plan with Steve, right? Jeremy, as soon as Jeremy started talking, he was hitting on much of what we're about to talk about. And he was talking about his role from a breezeway perspective. There were so many moments where I was like, this could be just a nonstop stream. So just appreciative of Jeremy and everything they've done. They've been a tremendous partner. And again, I love the way this one unfolded. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to save this for the end, Jeremy, but this has been my experience because operations is not my focus at all. But I talk with clients and they always mention Breezeway and Breezeway has to have the happiest customers of any platform I use. I've never had a conversation with someone where they're like, oh, we're unhappy. We're going to switch to something else. I have that conversation about PMSs all the time, but never with Breezeway. So I think that tells me you guys are doing some things very right. I, I appreciate it. I still appreciate it. And I think the best thing that's happened is I've never been a part of a crossover podcast episode. I'm not sure there's ever been one, but we just did it. And I think it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Steve, you're the best. That was great. I love that. That's good. Stay stay with us, Steve. All right, so we'll put a bow on this one. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. And obviously, thanks to our bonus guest, Steve. We'll hear from him more here in a bit. But uh, And obviously, a huge shout out to Jeremy. We'll put a link in the show notes to Breezeway. If you haven't checked it out, you definitely should. I think it'll make your life easier. I think it'll make your guests happier and your owners happier. So how could that ever be a bad idea? I think it's a great one. If you guys have a moment to leave us a review, you listen this far, we really appreciate reviews. If you could leave one, that'll that'll put a smile on our face as well. Thanks so much, everybody. And we will catch you on the next episode. Sweet.